recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 390. My name is Eric Nilsson, and with me today I have my co-host, John White. John, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. I crossed the uh, San Mateo Bridge today. The, today is a green water day. Green water bay. day. Yeah, since since I moved up to the bay, I, I that's how I talk about uh, the weather. It's the the bay is either green, blue, or brown. Yeah, if the sun is out, it's green, right? <laughs> what is blue? I don't think I've ever seen blue. I yeah. just know brown. <laughs> blue is speculative. I've I've never actually seen that. Seen it? Oh, yeah. right. So I think it's chemical though. Right. Uh, I, think it's blue, yeah, it, I think it's blue at night. Uh, at least it's right. never on fire. Well, well, glad you made it over. It's great to have everybody in the room. Uh, on the show today, we have Bill Roth. Bill Roth is the Director of Product Marketing, CMBU, and he's here to talk to us about the new Wavefront acquisition. So, Bill, welcome to the studio. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you very much. Uh, long-time listener, first-time speaker, as they say yeah, on talk yeah. radio. It's great to get everybody on, on the show for various reasons. Before we get to Bill and talk about Wavefront, we'll do a little bit of news just to kind of get everybody up to speed on what's happening. So I know, for one, VMworld, Reg, um, Early Bird is still going on. It's going on till sometime next week. Does anybody care to guess on what the date is next week? Anybody know? I think it's Wednesday. It's uh, June 12th, yeah. June twelfth. Okay. Midnight Pacific Daylight Time. Get 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 registered. I think you save a couple hundred dollars on the registration. Early bird is always good to be there. It's gonna be a good show this year. And understand that this year it's Europe and US reg all at the same time, uh, because Europe is going to be right after US, like two weeks afterwards and right. sometime mid September. Not not necessarily back to back, but but there's a there's a I think a one week gap there. Pretty close. I know that we get to, you know, get on a plane like a week later, <laughs> come back from Vegas, you get a week off to clean up, and then you're back back on the road. So that's good. Corey, what's happening with the experts? Anything happening in your neck of the woods? Yeah, a couple things. Um, so we're planning some stuff for uh, for VMworld. Uh, we just sent out a little um, little care package uh, for some of the experts for um, NSX for a little little NSX summit we're going to do at VMworld. So we're, we have that happen. We have this morning. We did. Uh, did a blogger early access call with some of the experts. We have some uh, some definitely forward movement happening in the community. Very nice, very nice. Okay, John, what do you got? Yeah, so we actually have a GA announcement that happened. Uh, I think in the last uh, day, so we have a Cloud Foundation uh, 2.1.3 just went live, and that's uh, based on vSphere 6.0 U3, I believe. So um, the bits are up and it's available. Nice, nice. Bits are up, available. Uh, VMworld Reg is going. Um, I don't think I have any other news worthy of talking about on this amazing show. So if uh, later on the show we will talk about what's happening with V Brown Bag and the VMTN Tech Sessions at VMworld. I think we have 20 passes we're going to give out for those. So we'll talk a little bit about that once we're done with Bill. But I think first off, let's go talk to Bill Roth, the amazing Bill Roth, and talk about the Wavefront acquisition. So Bill, before we get started, I don't know if this is the first time on the show or not, but yeah, as you said, long-time listener, first time on the show. So tell us a little bit about yourself. If people run into you in VMworld, uh, how do they know it's you? What have you been doing at VMware? What do you, what do, you do in the ecosystem? Yeah, other than being you know, your basic uh, overweight middle-aged white guy, uh, I will largely be indistinguishable. But no, if folks run into me, I have been at VMware for a bunch of years now, have been working a lot with cloud management, uh, business unit, started out on Login Site. Uh, because I had worked for a previous logging company and have been um, now working on our digital strategy, a bunch of ARPR, the competitive team as well. But I got an opportunity as uh, some of the folks um, uh, in corporate development looked at a company called Wavefront to be working with them for the past couple of months all the way up through the acquisition. So uh, tons of excitement. I probably... I'm, Definitely trying to angle to show up at uh, VMworld since that's a topic. We're going to be running some roadmap sessions there. So, uh, you know, stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. And are you on Twitter? Because we put Twitter handles on your badge, so maybe people will notice that. Gosh, yes. Uh, that's Bill Roth VMware. Um, sign up there and also keep an eye on that. And we'll be in the next couple of days um, putting out a notify me when available link for when the next uh, couple of releases of the vRealize uh, bits of software come out. 
So if you want to be notified first, shameless plug, didn't plan this with Eric uh, or Mr. White here, but I'm going to throw in a plug anyway. Sign up on that email list and you will be, as soon as the bits are available from release management, we blast an email out there. So cool. Uh, sign up for uh, Bill Roth, uh, at Bill Roth VMware. Nice. Nice. All right. Awesome. Bill, Bill Roth VMware, B-I-L-R-O-T-H V-M-W-A-R-E. Indeed. That's fantastic. Good. Um, so you're... You're, before I before I move into Wavefront, another shout out I have to do is like virtual blocks. I think you're the guy that basically drove the new template for for the blogs that we have with virtual blocks. I know a lot of people in management and also obviously the management block. Well, so I will t I won't take credit. My uh, my friend Priya, uh, I think in storage and Priya and uh, Madeline Grunwald and others had like pushed for that. Um, there's a guy who designed it, which is awesome. I loved it, and so yeah, I did. Uh, I did push it. You're actually going to see, I think, as some new blogs come up for some of the new offerings, you, it's going to look very familiar. Yes, that's right. So, and I know that we use that template, and I know you were instrumental in making that template happen. And I think we have like maybe 11 different blogs now that are using the multi-menu. So if you go to blogs.vmware.com, check out virtual blogs. Uh, it's a great storage blog, and there are other blogs. Don't forget slash management, of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> cloud management, cloud slash management, blogs.vmware.com slash right. management, and make sure you check out the Wavefront blog. Right. So Bill is also mm. big on WordPress, so he's he's one of us, which is, which Indeed. is also very cool. All right. Uh, so Wavefront, what, tell us about Wavefront, what you've been doing, and what is Wavefront, and why are we interested in it? Obviously, so yeah, let's provide, a, let's provide a little bit of the context. So okay. for the context... Um, we've had an operations monitoring platform for a while, right? Dynamic Ops became the realized operations and all the rest of that stuff. Um, but what we needed was the ability to more effectively deal with time series data. The realized operations, for example, deals with structured data. It knows I've got a virtual machine that has CPU memory and disk, and there's sort of a knowledge of a context. Then we've got Log Insight, which knows about logs, but not much else. Mm -hmm. But it can be it, you can apply information to it so that you can extract useful information from logs. But logs are essentially long strings of text. So what we needed with, was with something new lines at the end of them. Of right? course, yes. right? But, but basically <laughs> if if one it. is following the RFC, right? Um, however, uh, what we needed was some way to deal with numbers. We needed some way to deal mm. with sort of uh, super fast, scalable ways of dealing with uh, data. Coming in, specifically with numbers. Right. So what examples of numbers come from systems that you're monitoring, like storage speed? Sure. So I think there's a number of different things, data. right? So right. for example, um, I'll give you two, re two real uh, examples and one stupid one. So the real example has to do with, for example, tracking, it could be um, uh, IOPS in a particular storage system, but monitoring it, derealize operations, for example, monitors and polls about every five minutes. You can do right. something every second or even at a higher granularity with Wavefront. So the idea is you could track Wavefront and watch it at a fairly granular level and understand what's going on and then apply functions to it so that you can understand what's happening. You can correlate it with other data streams and so on, which is in and of itself a novel feature. So um, that's, that's sort of one example. Okay. Charting the memory... Uh, is another example. Another one is, um, but because it Wavefront doesn't necessarily know the context of what of what you're doing, so you can literally tag the data with anything. So, for example, our friends um, our friends over at Lyft are using it actually to track um, wait times for customers. Right. Our okay. pals right. at DoorDash, right. a favorite of my 17 year old daughter. Um, actually track uh, the incoming orders by geography. So the next right. time she orders a cup of Phil's coffee for 10 bucks and gets some guy to deliver it because she can't be bothered to get out of bed because she's a 17-year-old girl, uh, you know, that's being, that stuff is being tracked. So that's, those are the two, there's the serious ones. And then the dumb one is I wrote a blog um, on blogs.vmware.com slash management, shameless plug. Um, I actually... Um, as if we were working on the acquisition, I thought it would be cool to basically pull the data off my Nest thermostat and actually run it into um, Wavefront. And it turns out it's super easy. So I posted the code up there. Um, just basically search for the Wavefront blogs off blogs.beamer.com management. The hardest bit 
was literally pulling the data off Nest. Getting data into Wavefront is super easy. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's so. It's more like IoT a bit, right? Like in the sense that you're pulling data from all these different places, right? I have beehives that I've monitored, right? Or I exactly. Sell, yeah, and have scale and have data coming in, mm -hmm. and then I can put. Uh, send it up to hive.com, right, and look at that. But I can also pull that data and do stuff with it if I want to. Yeah, and right. the key the key right. thing is it, IoT is certainly a case. We've got a, a gas company in uh, the UK that's actually using it to monitor gas meters for their customers. Um, Clover, you may have seen at some retail stores, people with the Clover cash registers. Uh, there's 100,000 Clovers being monitored by Wavefront. So uh, some really cool stuff. And in addition, people are doing the standard sort of monitoring with tools like CollectD, StatD, uh, and so on. Um, Push that so, in. So, so Bill, how how do we? So now I understand. We can pull or push context-free numbers mm -hmm. to Wavefront, but how does Wavefront add value for the customer, the that end user? Two ways. Um, first of all, usability, and second, scale. So. Usability, it's super easy to get numbers, it, to get the data in and to tag it, and then graph by tags, and then you know, sort of apply functions to the data, whether you want moving averages or correlation with something else. Uh, and it also is super easy to uh, graph uh, and visualize this data. Do they have visualization built in then? Exactly. Yeah. So the visualization is super. In fact, check out the screenshots uh, on the blog. Um, actually, uh, another shameless plug, by the way, if you want to try this out, uh, definitely go to wavefront.com slash get dash started um, and uh, sign up and one of the friendly folks at Wavefront uh, will set you up. So um, definitely try that. Um, so uh, the second value is scale. We've got customers, for example, um, that, are, that have more than a trillion data points stored and people who are looking at basically months of data stored at sub-second uh, granularity and graphing it in, uh, you know, less than, uh, you know, less than a second. Mm. So that some of the technology that they use is pretty, is pretty spiffy. So almost unlimited scalability. Um, and, uh, you know, it is, a, by the way, just for the, uh, because this will play to this crowd, um, it is a SaaS service. There's no installable software other than agents if you want. Uh, but it's actually impl implemented on AWS. So while I'm sure on this show you've talked about kind of our cross-cloud services, this yeah. is really our first publicly available cross-cloud service at scale. Uh, so that's, that's awesome. I did not know that. I got yeah. goosebumps over that, right? Because that's that's really quite interesting. They're running yeah. about, I think, overall. There there are customers that are no, I know, are at 350,000 points per second. So wow. One customer. Right. One customer. Right. They've got they've got a ton. They're probably running at millions, sustained millions across multiple clusters. So these guys are a pretty hot property to yeah. begin with, right? Like in cloud service, they're they're doing things that just aren't your standard IT environments. They're just they're in data, right? And they're they're, they're in data just, and data they are in data. Yeah, right. I mean, you could use it to sort of monitor CPU memory and disk, but you know, you got vCenter server. Why would you want to do that? The interesting bit is um, how can I how can I uh, monitor and manage data uh, and not at, a, at enough fidelity so that I can make better decisions. Mm. And so the correlation function, for example, is one of the things that distinguishes it from my beloved Log Insight. They do have the ability to do correlation among data streams. Right. Um, you know, for those of you who've, who've uh, you know, played with time series, this is all, this is basically underneath it has a time series database uh, and a super UI for, uh, you know, graphing it in just about any way you'd want to. And that's really hard when you really get down to it, even the problems we have around Skype and using Skype as a service, and then trying to figure out where the data bottlenecks are. If I mm -hmm. could see where I could map multiple data sources mm -hmm. and then do some comparisons and analytics across those, I could start to make sense on why I'm seeing you know, issues. Right. Yeah, there's a great demo off wavefront.com slash resources. So for those of you who are uh, paying attention um, out there within the sound of my voice, check that out. The first demo by Dev Nag, who's the... Um, the former CTO, now wait, wait, now a VMware employee, does a great demo of showing, you know, essentially how to take all these data streams and find the signal among the noise. Mm. How you can really simply do all sorts of filtering on this data so that you can determine 
why do all my disks, why do all my, why do my systems slow down? Slow down at two at a given, yeah, give a exact point, right? Where it's really, it's really difficult, especially when you start talking cloud services, where you have some that are cloud services, some that are inside my my data center, and like, how do I make sense of that? Mm -hmm. And you have to really get the data streams, and then do you know multiple data analysis to figure out why things, some things are happening. Yeah, so definitely. Now, for those of you that are internal to VMware, we're working on getting an internal cluster spun up, and. Uh, you know that's all me. So if you don't have your account, it's all my fault, and we're doing our best to stand <laughs> something up and get it uh, and get it to you. Bill, that was my question. When do uh, I get to use it for free? You know what? Shortly. We're we're currently in protracted <laughs> negotiations, as you can imagine. <laughs> so, if I could uh, maybe uh, speculatively do a compare and contrast, um, Log Insight would be something that you would maybe be able to do similar things, but only really the only data that you'd be able to rely on is a log line. So when an application or a system or something generates a syslog line, that's your data point. Whereas something with Wavefront could be driven by sensors, um, which could be reporting at sub-second intervals. Correct. Yeah, I think that's the way to look at it. Now, it is true, both can sort of do the opposite, right? There is, from logging, you can actually, uh, they obviously, um, with um, the filters and things that they've got, it's pretty easy to pull out numbers from the data and uh, graph them. But the issue is scale, because the point of Log Insight is to basically take unstructured data and make it into data. Um, so with regard to Wavefront, it's the ability of when you know numbers, and if you've got a PLC or if you've got a sensor, like my Nest thermostat. I've got some PHP code. Every minute, CronTab calls, um, and it pulls out a number, 70.27, and says, Put that to this tag, which is going to be nest.0.livingroom. Right. Um, for those of you who know your open source, uh, it, it handles over 80 different types of ways to ingest data, specifically with regard to graphite, Grafana, telegraph, and things like that. So there's, there's tons of ways to get data into it. Got it, got it. Since it was born in the cloud yep. SaaS application, mm -hmm. they had to develop to multiple APIs and multiple ingest methods. Yeah, exactly. And it, yeah, it's pretty amazing uh, kind of what they're doing because they handle everything from JMX to Ruby, uh, all sorts of databases. Um, so uh, some pretty, pretty amazing uh, 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 data alternatives there. What's interesting is you can run it directly. In fact, it'll ingest data directly from Amazon. Since it's sitting on Amazon, that's not terribly difficult. But they have a really interesting model where for your enterprise, you install a proxy and the proxy has the sort of you know, 80 different ways to connect to it. And then the proxy deals with um, sequencing and, and getting data into Wavefront. So, um, and by the way, it's open source. So the proxy itself is, uh, is open source. Correct. That's really interesting. So really someone could uh, take that source code and use it as uh, maybe like a, a recreate an SDK if we don't have that already to, to kind of uh, build their own proxy. Indeed. If there's some API that's not covered, it's it's all right there. It's all checked in. You can pull it out of GitHub, right? Uh, right? Um, I know it works because I did last week. <laughs> Figure out how to write what you need to write, pull pull whatever data you're pulling in right. through, through that proxy. Although right. using, and then look on the manuals online, though, getting data in via Netcat, literally just streaming socket code with a new line, you know, tag and then a number, it's pretty simple without coding. Interesting. Why do we get into this? Like, I mean, I get we're in log insight. You know, yeah, we, yeah. We, we have, you know, operation management. What, what, how did we identify this one? And, you know, yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, company strategy. It so, starts to touch on that, right? It, 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 I think, is the intersection of, of, of a number of different needs. One was the need to be able to better handle time series data. Now, that's local to us folks who, who you know, worked in data centers and care about operations and stuff. The second um, bit is obviously it's a cloud service, and that's clearly a future for uh, VMware. Third is that we wanted technology that could help us with what comes next. All of the CMBU products are going to find their way into SaaS services. So, you know, the somehow this is going to play as we move forward. Um, the underlying time series database that's underlying that and its ability to manipulate, monitor, and manage that data will find its way into 
uh, obviously, you know, the next generation SaaS services from CMBU. That's actually really interesting. Also, in in the, in if you pl- if you marry this with the pro- the proxy idea, mm-hmm. I've always wondered like, well, I'm running my data center. It's going to go to a SaaS service. Uh, my data center is still in my data center. My right. machines are still sure. in my data center. What does it actually mean? But what I'm hearing you say is that if if we have this proxy right. mechanism where we're collecting data and we're right. managing your data center through through proxy right. into AWS services, right. we we use that as a model to offer other services that are managing your data center, but also managing AWS right. instances uh-huh. and all of that. You almost get like instead of it's like. Software as a service, right? We're, or what I call it, software-defined data center. We're, we're going to have like management-defined software SaaS services to run this whole collection of virtual machines. Whether what, what right. data center is in doesn't matter. Doesn't it's just going exactly. to go to my browser and I'm going to get my whole plane of whatever my VM look like wherever they are. Indeed. In fact, right. I think that's exactly where it's going to go. Um, you have some of that today. You've got management plugins management packs for VR ops and VRA where you can manage Azure and you can manage um, uh, Amazon and you can literally have blueprints that provision across VMware, Azure, and Amazon today. That's stuff that you can do yeah. today. Now, all of that's on-prem today. Who knows where that's going to be in the that's future? That's what I mean by like, wow, with exactly. the proxy model, you don't have to be on-prem anymore. In fact, it could just be a SaaS I don't have to install setup. Exactly. I just come here and I, yeah, I have to set up from a proxy perspective whatever I'm managing. Mm-hmm. But then then it's just it's a SaaS service I'm running, and I don't have to be in the business of setting up, installing, keeping this stuff up to date, new versions, all of that. It's just it's there. Yep, exactly. And, you know, stay tuned. All sorts of exciting stuff coming uh, in the next coming months, and uh, I would definitely have folks pay attention at VMworld. So when you when you talk strategy, do you see us doing the deal with AWS? I've always thought that we were building a highway through NSX over to AWS, mm-hmm. and I was wondering what would be the what would be the point we would be selling software through this, right? And so now I'm starting to see, like, if we are partnered with AWS, you can run this stuff on AWS. It's a SaaS service there, much like the way Wavefront is. You could see more and more of our management stack go to that model. Right? That, we're certainly going to head in that direction. Um, I think what it means is that people will be able to buy in different ways. Will they be able to buy an Amazon Marketplace? Sure. One of the true drivers in this um, is that you've got customers want a different way to consume what we offer. Everybody wants to manage their... IT infrastructure. Some people want to sort of pay the standard enterprise B2B way. Some people want to pay monthly. And so it's a different way to consume it. Some people require more flexibility. Uh, And so part of this is our way not only to provide cloud because it's cool, but also the people with checkbooks want to start paying and managing things a little bit differently. Now, with that, cost becomes super, super complicated. And so, you know, stay tuned as we look at ways in which to sort of talk to people about how their public and private costs are and how they compare. Yeah. But that's part of what enterprises have to deal with anyway, right? They're, they're mm-hmm. doing this for other services. Mm-hmm. So they're also dealing with, the, you know, how they're going to manage the costs, how they're going to train personnel to, to operate these things when mm-hmm. it's in AWS or it's in my data center, and how do I, how do I manage all that? They're going to have to figure that out, and, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to be part of that, obviously, but it's interesting, Wavefront to me is the first time I've actually seen something that's like a real service that we run in a cloud somewhere, and it connects through proxy to all different places, and it really doesn't matter. And, right? Yeah, exactly. And it because really doesn't matter. To, to be truthful, I, I, I was talking to the VP who's responsible for marketing of the cloud services. Yeah. I forget his name. Nick King? Uh, hmm? The fabulous Nick King? Yeah. The New Nick, Zealand guy? Yeah, Nick King. Yeah, New okay. Zealander. Right. right. Uh, character in his own right. Like, right. cool guy. Indeed. Right. And, and I even, I was just being blunt with him, going, look, I get the highway. NSX is the highway. We've, we've made a highway. I haven't figured out what you're going to do for toll booths or how you're going to try to make money off this. So this is the first one I've actually heard where I'm like, wow, okay. I start to see this model now where if you have a proxy collecting data from an enterprise or from different locations, whether it's on IBM's cloud, wherever you have the stuff, and then egging it up into a cloud service, Interesting. Yeah, well, it makes a sense. I've definitely heard from my customers um, that you know some of our products are you know more complex to install than than ESXi, right? So they might have some expertise in installing ESXi and vCenter and and configuring virtualization on hosts. But when it comes to things like uh, some of our management products, 
you know, they think, well, this is something I'm going to, you know, this installation I'm going to do one time in my career or maybe three times in my career. So is it possible to just consume it as a service, you know, basically cut out that installation and config, initial configuration, you know, cost out of my budget completely and just consume it, you know, in production, you know, on day five instead of day 55, mm-hmm. right? So moving some of our, our cloud management to a SaaS solution um, just really, I think, is going to resonate with a lot of our customers. Oh, completely agree. I think it's one of the issues where I think people, it's the time to value uh, is is taking a long time. You know, don't get me wrong. VRA, if you realize automation, you realize operations are super powerful and probably the best tools in the market for managing a virtual infrastructure. Um, uh, and they're good because they have a ton of detail. And with that kind of detail, it becomes a lot of complexity, but that's sort of the price of admission. But I do think this is going to help be a, uh, a much better on-ramp um, for the kinds of things and ultimately make things a lot easier for customers. Right, right. Neat. Yeah, I definitely see that. So uh, any customers? Do we have any customers that are VMware customers that are looking at this? Like, can you tell us any kind of stories? I around saw. Customers' response to the Wavefront acquisition? What, what are our customers? I got overwhelmed, and there's some pretty big names, probably uh, not, uh, as they say in the uh, PR training. I'm not the right spokesperson to, for that topic, <laughs> uh, but there are a ton, and we are working with the Wavefront sales team um, and making sure that they that they get access to the people who want to get access. I mean, I, I internally, I've got literally hundreds of people who want access internally for monitoring our new stuff. There's already a couple of people who use one of the competing products. Um, sorry, folks at Datadog. Um, that are going to be, you know, are looking at sort of replacing kind of that, the sort of more small to medium business product for something that's enterprise scalable, like, um, uh, like Wavefront. So, ton, ton of interest and a ton of interesting companies, not only insurance companies, healthcare companies, companies with web presence. And I think it's important for me to talk about, you know, who are we after? The MBA question. I don't have an MBA, but I hang around enough of them to know how they think. But the MBA question is you know, sort of who's the target customer for this. And we tend to say that it's about digital enterprises, SaaS companies, and digital enterprises. So SaaS company is easy, Lyft, Box, um, Intuit. Uh, but who are the digital enterprises? And that's where you could see finance companies um, who, uh, you know, we've even heard folks like Home Depot say, look, I'm a software company that just happens to have a retail arm. So that's the kind of you know, those are the kinds of companies we want to you know, make access. It's interesting, that, it's interesting that you mentioned healthcare, too, because, I, you know, you talk about time series data. I mean, you know, a patient hooked up to a blood pressure and temperature and pulse ox monitor is going to generate tons and tons of, mm-hmm. of time series data. So it would be really interesting to see if there's an analytics uh, play there, you know, mm-hmm. to, to monitor those things. Someone comes in with a broken leg, but you, you start to see, you know, danger signs based on some other you know, uh, time series data that you're, you're generating from... Uh, yeah, it, there is a ton of it from an analytical perspective. Um, I am on the, the, the board of a, of a family health clinic here in uh, San Jose, California. I don't know what the HIPAA requirements would be there. but And that's uh, one of the point. big issues we've got to sort of deal with, right, which is data provenance, data governance. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, a lot of the strong customers for Wavefront are in... Um, the U.S., but we're going to definitely uh, expand abroad as soon as we can. And we will invariably run into the, you know, data issues with the European Directive on Data Privacy. Um, so, you know, it's, it's definitely something that we've got we've to address going forward. Sure. Well, it's one of the strengths of partnering with a company like Amazon, right? So they have mm-hmm. data centers all over the world. So, you know, I don't know if it's a single instance. I'm guessing it's probably not a single instance in the U.S. or a single availability zone. But to be able to, to spin something like that up in a completely different availability zone in a completely different geo and say, okay, this de- data is never going to leave. Now, I mean, the next thing is like, how do you anonymize data or, or you know, generate like, again, maybe it's on a proxy basis where instead of uh, exfiltrating the identity of a server or a patient, you generate a, a hash key. You redact it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, that's and, a common technique. Have a look up. Right. So we got to see what happens with those customers. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know that we're going to be doing any life critical data anytime soon, um, but who knows? Right. 
Well, somebody might look at it and, and think, hey, I can build a product on top of that, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a vertical market. I, I've definitely looked at the logos on the Wavefront.com site. One of my customers is on there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what was interesting to me was were the customers that I have that aren't on there, you know, like a major social media uh, company that, you know, broadcasts, uh, I don't know, tweet-like things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a games company. Uh, that does, you know, online, like Facebook, you know, style games. Um, it seems to me like uh, a platform like this could be used for, you know, by site reliability engineering, um, you know, just measuring things that are up and they're down and, you know, finding out danger ahead of time. It mm-hmm. would be really interesting to, to build up a, a workbook of use cases for those companies. Does that's entirely the folks who are most interested in this are in sort of technical operations. They usually have titles like, Site reliability engineer. That is the the sort of you know quintessential person. What's interesting, however, is sort of it starts in operations, but then as developers realize how easy it is yeah. to get into an, an instrument their code. Um, I can think of one customer that they had uh, you know it was you know three or four guys in operations using it initially. Developers found out about it within 18 months. They had 600 developers uh, on it. Oh yeah. So, Let's not, and it is important that we're not covering a lot of this, but one of the other reasons that motivated us uh, to go after these guys was the level of monitoring data that you need expands by some calculations 300-fold as soon as you move into a container environment. Oh, yeah. You've got short-lived containers going up and going down, and um, there's some great content, especially by one of our uh, former Wavefront new VMware employees, Stella Udovicic, on how to use... Um, on basically how to do container monitoring. So go to wavefront.com, go look at the blogs, search for Stella, S-T-E-L-A, look at her blog on container monitoring from DockerCon, and you'll see that that's one of the crucial things that said, this is how we're going to take monitoring to the next level. Now, let's be clear. It's not application performance monitoring. We're not trying to get into, um, you know, that sort of APM space. Uh, but I think we can do container monitoring at a, an application level. I think this takes us, and it does it at the scale that we need for that sort of thing. So in many cases, Wavefront was sort of like the perfect storm of a bunch of needs that we had sort of all coming together. Right. Uh, just to follow up on the uh, developer side, I know Tim Bonneman, who runs the VMware Code Program, mm-hmm. might be on the call here. Uh, and uh, is there APIs? I mean, you got the open source of the of the proxy. Mm-hmm. Are there APIs that are consumable by developers to actually monitor things? Or is it, yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah, there are definitely Thanks. APIs. Um, some of them may be talking, and we rec- you know they recommend directly going through the proxy. But there are APIs, and um, you know if you've got any questions, um, you know for the internal folks, there's always right. the uh, Slack channel internally on Wavefront. So ask right. Wavefront for those folks paying attention. Yep. Uh, otherwise, if you have questions externally, um, Wavefront HQ or just send me a message at Bill Roth VMware. I know there is a, as part of the code program, if you register for code, you get external Slack. And external Slack, they do have a Wavefront uh, group, if I remember right. I think that's what Tim brought up. And so I don't know if, Tim, you're still on or you were, you were on there before. but um, Yeah, I'm on. Hey, Bill, I'm going to reach out to you uh, and, 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 and get in touch to see what we can do for the um, community out there. I'm I'm all for it, and I'm embarrassed that I hadn't even uh, thought to look at the external Slack. Yep. So, yep. so I'm they know they it. have conversations there, and uh, yeah, yeah, and API, and this is I think again one of those first SaaS service things that VMware owns that we are really that has an API that we could then sell to developers because we're right. always looking at the code program, going, what APIs do we have that are actually right. out for developers versus. APIs for DevOps versus APIs for right. VPR, and, and then and then you really get down to Power CLI, right? And right. So uh, we're all, you know it's 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 nice to see this. This is going to be really fun for for the code people yep. as well. That yeah. would be really interesting to see um, a developer use case where they build instrumentation for um, you know for actually for debugging, like you know during development cycle, mm-hmm. you know how how that uh, works with Wavefront, how Wavefront can add value to that dev process, right? If you're Doing performance profiling or, or whatever use cases might be out there. That would be really interesting to see. Well, we'll add that to the list. I'm sure there's got to be some work. There's also, you know, Wavefront does currently have its own Jive community. Uh, yes. You know, there's a yeah. ton of useful stuff in there. I got a super answer. Being a Java nerd, I worked at JavaSoft back in the day. Um, they've got a really good JMX implementation, uh, and I was able to get an answer really quick. So I think that's one way. Uh, it's definitely something to look up. 
uh, but that's also places where you can get your answer uh, in short order. Nice. I'm, I'm looking at your living room data here, and I noticed <laughs> it goes up to 77 degrees sometime after noon. You guys, do you have any, like, is this real data? It is real data. It literally is yeah. real data. My daughter's not home from school, so she doesn't, so the air conditioning is off. Uh, so if you want to know in zip code 95125 roughly what the temperature is in a 1952 house with no insulation. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. What server did you get you know, access to, to to be able to do this? So they gave me a Try account. Um, okay. It's on try.vmware.com. Okay. You do need a login for that, and I'm trying to work. Uh, and Is that a my VMware login, or you have to have a special No, we're working on that. Stay, stay tuned on that. The okay. protracted negotiations, oh, that's as the I said, protracted are, negotiations. are underway. So the average guy, isn't, we're not going to see like 30 living room temperatures show up here in the next month or two because if you've got, it takes a little time to get an, uh, an account. I yeah, think. if you've got an at vmware.com account, just mm -hmm. email me or join our internal social cast group on Wavefront. If you're external, go to wavefront.com slash get dash started. Fill out the form, and within 30 minutes, one of the fine folks that work for my esteemed colleague, Dan Kasugin, will uh, give you a call. Reach out and, 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 and possibly. Do they have a X number of month trial for people who want to mess with it? Yeah, they do. All right. Yeah, they do. They're going to call you, ask you a couple of yeah, questions, yeah. Make sure you're and, and sort of see what's going on. Exactly. I do that. I use my, my foreign accent. Yeah, it's a law. My <laughs> name is, you know. And then, and then I get, I get right. an account. I don't say I'm from VMware. Right? Exactly. So don't say you're from VMware, people. <laughs> Sorry, Robin. I'm just joking. Um, yeah. Robin Matlock listens to our podcast now and then, and every once in a while she gives me feedback about my humor. Does she? So, well, always a yeah. pleasure to hear from you, ma'am. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. So that's pretty cool. I'm looking at your blog here, so I'll just call it out, blogs.vmware.com slash management, and then the article is 2017.05nerding-wavefront.html. It was on the front page, really nice blog, and, you can, and, and the topic, the name is Nerding Out with Wavefront. Exactly. It, it helps to, that I also manage the blog, so I can always make sure I get front page coverage. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, literally simply, it took me a bunch of while to find some PHP code. I have a, one of those little inbox uh, servers under my TV running vSphere 5.5 because of some driver issues, and literally just running Ubuntu on top of that with a shell script that pushes data, uh, you know, first runs a PHP script, pulls the number off of it, runs it through a shell script, you know, pretty simple. And also proof that I, in fact, have no social life because I was gone <laughs> for a weekend. So, you know, the other place you might be able to uh, um, put this blog out is um, they have a IoT blog. They're looking for this type of example. So I'll connect you with the person that's doing that marketing because it might be an interesting little... Yeah, there's a ton of... It's yeah. one of the... I, our focus right now is on containers, container management, next-gen apps. Right. I think there's a huge IoT play. Uh, I worked early in my career. I worked uh, the, the satellite business and also in SCADA systems for power power plants and things like that. I think there's a huge opportunity for, uh, you know, managing that kind of data and getting getting useful information out of it. So uh, we'll see um, how things develop. What's the uh, what's going to happen for VMworld? Are you guys getting ready for VMworld? Can you can you give us any insight on? Are you going to have some sessions on it? Or so there's going to be integrate two, Wavefront by then. Yeah, there's going to be two sessions coming up at um, uh, VMworld. Essentially, uh, one is going to be kind of a deep dive with the CTO, Dev Nag, um, and the, uh, there'll probably be another sort of customer case study, probably get more to what you were talking about, uh, around about how customers are using it, right? So you'll see some of the systems people, Box is a big user, but then you'll see some of the people who are doing application level monitoring um, and also IoT level monitoring. So uh, there'll, be a, there'll be a second session. So definitely sign up if you want to take a look at that. Cool. You know, we are looking for tech sessions for community, and I think you're, I think you're nerding out with Wavefront. You know, uh, checking out uh, what is it? Your next and doing that data integration would be a good little thirty-minute tech up. talk. I'm right? all, I'm yeah. all over it, and I think there's probably a, the, the, you know, there's a cool way to do it. I, next thing I got to do is actually get my garage door position set up in there, but that's the, apparently the internet garage door opener market is not as involved as the thermostat and light switch market. So, so you know, yeah, it's going to be harder to do. It's going to be a little more open source. I'll have to look at my, my sous vide uh, cooker to see if I can pull temperature um, and my, my trigger smoker, if I can pull uh, uh, temperature information out, off of that. So somebody already did this is just amazing to me. So one of the first 
uh, posts internally was, um, you know, I want to run this on my Raspberry Pi. And I thought, ah, that's nuts. One of the guys Wavefront posted and said, oh, well, all you have to do is just take the outer layer out and submit the jar. So there's already kind of rough instructions if you want to run the proxy on a Raspberry Pi. Now, one assumes you're going to need internet, the internet, yeah. daughter board, and all the rest of that stuff. Right. But, yeah, there's, there's some craziness out there. When I'm collecting data from my hives, I have two hives, oh, yeah. and I collect hives. That's Raspberry Pi, sure. and you just collect the data, and then, yeah, you proxy it out through. So that's, that's, that's interesting in its own right. That would require me not to have a server, right? Just run the proxy right on a Raspberry exactly. Pi. Exactly, yeah, Which exactly. It's just a little Ubuntu Linux. Exactly, as long as, you've got, as long as you've got something that can run the proxy and that can accept stuff over port 2003, yeah. you're set. I'm going to make the same joke. Eric Nielsen putting the API in Apiary. Huh? Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Same joke right. over and over, over every and week. Over. Every week. I appreciate every it. You week. get that's, points. That's it's the first, first time I think yeah. I've heard it, so you get points. All right. All right. All right. Anything left for uh, Bill Roth uh, on, on, on Wavefront? Uh, we'll talk maybe for a few minutes about the, the tech sessions we're doing at VMworld. But this is – I could probably go to the end of the hour. That's, it's, it's a cool space. One, SAS service, right? Yep. You know, a true SAS service from VMware that's useful. Do we know what pricing? Oh, that's the last thing I always hit with people's packaging, pricing, availability, that kind of stuff. I am not the right spokesperson for that topic. It is super affordable. Yeah. Uh, just uh, go to wavefront.com slash get started, and I guarantee you it's, someone it's will call you totally immediately <laughs> right, to answer right. that question. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What is, do you know anything about the strategy of, like, um, uh, one thing I noticed about our acquisition of um, – Okay, there's there's been a couple acquisitions, but AirWatch, for example, is right. a really good one, and um, uh, the product that's now a Network Insight, right. where we, we it's almost like we didn't like rush them into, um, you know, leave what you're doing now, come do it the VMware way, and you know, in the in the process, you know, semi destroy the, the actual product, right? Kind of leave them alone. Is is that kind of the strategy that we're, that we're I, taking I, them? I'm glad you mentioned that because I think they're going to run alone. They'll probably, you'll see kind of fit and finish stuff change. Mm -hmm. um, but frankly, they know a bunch of stuff that, that you know, we're only just learning. And so um, they're, the, the current strategy, as I understand it, is to sort of let them run by themselves. You make a good point, And what's really impressed me internally is how, um, the process by which acquisitions are done. Somebody who's been in the industry way too long, uh, I worked at Sun Microsystems back in the day, I saw them basically trash 10 acquisitions in a row. So mm -hmm. I've seen millions of ways to do it wrong, but there's a really good process here, and I think we're setting Wavefront up for success. I, uh, that's kind of my sense. That's good to hear. Yeah, I've, I've seen that here too. We don't try to crush it. You know, no. we, you know, like Sun, yeah, I was at Sun as well, yes, right? And it's like, oh my God, you know, What's that little one U Racket server company that we bought that one? Not time? Cobalt. Yeah, Cobalt. Like I we, was with we Cobalt. We managed to crush it in less than six months, right? Just they like, they tried right. to force a big company supply chain on a small little company and it killed us. Yeah. Two billion dollar write off. Yeah, yep, that's right. Oh. We were so excited and just two billion dollars down the drain in six months. Where VMware does a really good job. You let you keep your brand, you let you keep your website, you like you know, we mm -hmm. keep everything as an entity and then we slowly integrate over over the you know Three or four years, we'll start to build, you know, how to sell it through our, our sales channel and, and how to get it supported VMworld to how to merge yep. the communities. And so it really is a very slow and integrated. And a lot of times we just leave the brand running like AirWatch, right? You go to, yeah. you can still go to AirWatch.com and, you're, you know, wherever their website is and still learn all about AirWatch. Right? Yep. And keeps its brand. It keeps it the company. That keeps the company together as well. So this, this we, yep. we got a cool good stuff. way of doing this. Yeah, yep. yeah absolutely. All right. Well, Bill, thanks for being on the show. Um, if we can get you to VMworld uh, in the VMTN area to do a tech talk just on how you built out and, and are monitoring, uh, we'd be all into that. We think IoT is kind of cool. Wavefront is obviously going to be cool. And uh, we'll talk about it. So, Corey, are you still on the call? I am. We got like nine minutes left here, and I thought <laughs> I would just spend a moment talking about what we're going to do at VMware this year. We're actually going to do tech talks, and we have 20 passes for VMworld. Well, now we're going to have 19 because, you know, we're going to have to give one to Mr. Bill Roth, of course, <laughs> get him to Vegas. I thought Bill Roth could just walk in. I thought Bill, Bill had the, the cred to yeah, yeah, that's right. VMworld without even being oh, able to stop. Right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> yep. Uh, but what we yeah, are so, going to so do very, is, yeah. You want to yeah, give so us a summary of what we're going to do? 
Yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just chatting about it. If you want to go into summary, go go right ahead. I'll do the summary. You know, we're we're going to have uh, VMware. We have the VMTN community area where we've always had the community area. We're labeling it VMTN community this year because really VMTN is our whole online community environment where we get people to you know engage online. And so VMTN is that brand for all things online for community. Uh, so communities.vmware.com is our VMTN brand. So we're going to have the community, the VMTN community area this year. And we have the theater there that V. Brownbag has run for the last five, six years. Um, we ran it before V. Brownbag. This year we're going to do it in conjunction with uh, V. Brownbag. We're going to do VMTN Tech Talks. Uh, recorded by and published by V. Brownbank. So they're going to come through. They're going to do for call for, for tech papers as well as ourselves. We're also looking at sessions uh, that potentially didn't make it and didn't get accepted. So uh, we're going to try to look at some of those to see if they're interesting kind of community tech talks, like just like what Bill's talking about, right, where it's something interesting that a community member did, maybe not necessarily a big corporate presentation, but more of a community, this is what I managed to do on, on my homebrew server environment. Um, so we're going to have those uh, 20 passes. We're going to do a call for papers, um, I think in the next couple weeks. And as we get papers, we're going to select 20 of them to, to, to give passes. So we're going to ask whether you need a pass, whether you're already going to come to the show, and then we're going to slot in. And I think we have slots for like 60 sessions, right? Did I yeah, give that a good, this is what we're going to be trying to do this year? That, yeah, that was very good. That was very good. Good. The, pa the passes. Now, now, how does someone get a pass? Right. I, I, um, I, I know we've got 20 passes, and I think we've got like 60 slots. So how, how do we determine who gets passes? So we're going we're gonna to do a call for submissions um, in the next couple of weeks. I think it's sometime June 14th or something like that. We're going to do a call for submissions. Uh, and we're going to, you know, if you submit, we're also going to reach out to some of the people that didn't get their formal sessions approved. And we're going to reach out to them. And in the submission form, there's going to be the option of, you know, do you need a pass or do you not need a pass? So we're hoping Excellent. that we get community submissions where people don't actually need a pass because they're coming to the show. And then we're going to look at all those submissions and judge them based on you know, how interesting the subject is, uh, how relevant it is to the community, uh, whether it's an individual or whether it was a corporate-sponsored project, that kind of stuff. And we have some judging criteria, and then we're going to select you know, the top 20 and uh, offer passes to those. Hopefully, you know, maybe half of them won't need passes. And so, you know, we'll select, we'll fill out the 60. And ourselves and V Brownbag will be doing that together to determine uh, who gets the passes versus who gets a slot versus who doesn't get a slot. We've generally always had slots open right up until uh, maybe a week or two. What's important about this year is that we're doing it early enough so that all of these will be in Session Builder. So in the past, if you've ever come by the community booth, you're watching one of these sessions, and we're recording it, and we're streaming it, which is good with Reed Brownbag. But, you know, there's only seven people sitting in chairs, right? And, because, and that's because we didn't get the sessions early enough to get them in Schedule Builder. So this year, we've, we're, we really want to, you know, bring people in, have people watch these sessions. We think they're under-marketed. Um, so we're going to be offering these passes to – uh, get people to get their sessions in submitted early this year. Yeah, that's that sounds amazing. Here's a free idea, guys. Like, get that uh, Wavefront um, trial set up. Uh, import all of your uh, uh, data center uh, sensors into there and uh, write a paper about the interesting things that you found out. All right, there's yeah. one for free. Uh, that's yeah, the one that is. I would do if I was still a, if I was still an operator. Yep. And then, you know, Mark, that you heard it on our podcast, and that, that will bring you way up in the queue. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, could, you could even title the paper John White's Idea. John, yeah, there you go. That, that will guarantee, you know, because John will be the one. In fact, John's raising his hand to, like, do all the process around vetting, right? So if you put John White, you're, gonna, you're, you're in for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that should be an interesting uh, interesting uh, theater experience this year where we're going to, we're actually going to also do 15 minute talks and 30 minute talks. And a 15 minute talk, uh, we're going to bundle those 15 minute talks into, into hour long subjects and list the subject in Schedule Builder. So you, we'll, if, we get, if we get four talks on Wavefront, we'll bundle those together, 15 minute talks. 
so that you can put in your schedule builder one hour long wavefront talks. That's that's amazing, especially you know breaking it down to that level of granularity to have you know a fifteen minute talk. That's a really nice bite sized talk, right? So it doesn't need to be overarching. It doesn't need to be something that impacts like the corporate strategy of of the entire company that you work for is just a really interesting thing that you found and you're able to, to spit out and, and, and die in a, this, this nice digestible chunk. And I'm going to put it out there. Um, if you get a paper um, and, uh, and something accepted and you're still nervous about uh, doing the actual presentation, um, feel free to hit me up at, uh, uh, at vjourneyman, and I'll be happy to work with you and mentor you on doing the actual presentation. Uh, you can do dry runs with me. So, so don't let um, the uh, fear of presentation be a barrier to actually doing this. All right? That's right. And and we, you know, even though we live stream it, it's only going to be watched like by six thousand people on the VMTM. <laughs> So don't worry, it's 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 no big deal. Uh, but actually, it, it isn't a big deal. We're just community people, right? That's what's fun about community uh, is that it, you know, we're just people all talking about cool tech and peer to peer. Yep, uh, you peer get, to peer. You get very relaxed. It's 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 not bad. It's not bad. So that's what we're doing. We're also going to have podcast studios. Uh, so we're also going to have the beams so that you can beam in and drive around and say hello to us. We're having a registration desk, so people that can come in, we're going to give away shirts at the reg, reg desk. Um, you don't have to reg, but if you're new to VMware and you're coming through the village, uh, we're going to have a place where you can reg. We're going to have the blogger tables as well, so we've got the theater with Session Builder. We've got podcast booths this year. We've got uh, the, 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 the blogger tables. We're also going to do a game, and we're looking for feedback on this, but we're trying to build a game uh, that we're calling a, a community assassin. And you're going to get 10 people that you can go out and assassinate, i.e., we're going to have assassin stickers that you have to stick on their back. And uh, <laughs> you have to run around and find you know, 10 of the community people, recognize them, and get to know them by assassinating them. And then the more assassinate is, then when you assassinate, you can come into a site and say you, got, you killed them, and then you get more people to kill and so the the winner will be uh, the the one who has the most kills. That's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find a way to come to VMworld this year. That sounds like too much fun. <laughs> and, I, and I don't know if uh, we're gonna actually have a, a winner for it, who got killed the most, right? Like, Ooh. To walk around and have like 20. I got killed by this guy. Um, most killable. So we're, we're gonna do some cool stuff uh, at community this year, so it's gonna be good. So if you can get a shot to come, either do a paper and submit. See if you can get a, one of our community passes. If you're a blogger, I know uh, Corey, you've been doing the blogger passes. I don't know where you are on that, but I know that's that's happening. Uh, and yeah, then I have, and those are those are out and issued. So yeah, blogger passes are out. Yeah, so if you're not one of the ones, if you're not a famous blogger who made it this year. You can always do a session in VMTN Tech Sessions. You might get a badge that way. All right, we're at the top of the hour. Any final words before we we end we end the show? Bill, thanks for being here. You know, always a pleasure. Wavefront.com/get-started. Get started. Bill Don't Roth you. is at Bill Roth VMware. Uh, this is John White. I'm at VJourneyman. And I'm at Eric and I PRO, Eric and I Professional Pro, Eric and I Pro. So uh, until next week, uh, everyone have a great week. We'll talk to you again.